ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome in. It is the January 9th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me for this hour. We're going to get into a lot. Some things happening today for the Thundering Herd across the board. We're going to get into all of that. We'll get your phone calls this hour on the Miller Lite phone line. You can join us at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite. Hold true. Great taste and only 96 calories. The original light beer. Coming up this hour, joining me will be John Mercer from the Marshall University Tennis Squad. Guess what? Thundering Herd back in action. Next week, going to be at UK. So I thought we'd talk to John now as uh, his schedule is going to fill up real soon. So John's going to join me on the program this hour. Looking forward to talking to him. And, of course, we got a lot to get into Uh NFL's been pretty busy today. Definitely some good news there. Now, first of all, if you are following along, you know that Bruce Arians is going to be the Buccaneers head coach. Well, the good news about that is that Byron Leftwich is going to be with them. And Arians has confirmed that Leftwich is going to be the offensive play caller in 2019. So the good news there is that uh, Byron Leftwich continues to be uh, hopefully uh, on a, a strong trajectory into uh, the coaching ranks. I think that's great for Byron. Knows the game of football. Definitely can get in there and talk to these kids. I think he's going to make a great coach one day. I hope he makes a great coach one day. I'm looking forward to that day. Maybe either he's going to stay a coordinator. Maybe he wants to do that. Or maybe he gets a head coaching job one day in his career. Whatever the case may be. I think that's great for Byron. And it's an opportunity for him to showcase himself a little bit more. Plus, to be honest, I thought he did a pretty good job already, and he's going to get more experience, more opportunities to really showcase what he's about. And it doesn't hurt, by the way, you got an NFL coach. You got someone in the coaching ranks with martial ties. Does not hurt. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to lead to a lot of things happening, but you know what? If you've got this martial coach who's now on an NFL team, and there's this player that you know could help the offensive side of the ball, I'm sure Leftwich might make a note or two, hey, uh, we need to scout this kid. We need to check in on him. Or he can put a phone call in, just kind of get a feel for what the kid's about if he's got his eye on somebody. Their possibilities are limitless, and that's good news. So I'm excited for Byron, and I tell you what, Buccaneers, I think they're going to be a pretty solid squad. We'll see what that looks like. Now, speaking of coaching changes, credit Grant Trailer. He's the first one I saw with the report, so I'll credit him from the Herald-Dispatch. Marshall Strength and Conditioning Coordinator Luke Day, he resigned. Now, the good news is that he is accepting a position at Colorado. And you take this with sort of the, you hate to see a guy go who's done a good job, but at the same time, he's done such a good job that a bigger school wants him. That's sort of a curse. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time for Marshall because you've got coaches that are doing a great job, and they're not going to stay. Bigger programs are going to come in, offer them better pay, maybe an opportunity to forward their career, and of course they're going to take that position. It makes perfect sense. I would rather have a Marshall program in which the Thundering Herd has to maybe go look for the next coach because we're talking about a program that's winning. People are looking at the program as maybe 
a training ground for the next coach here or there, or just the fact that you've got some good hires and they've proven themselves that other programs want to come and maybe talk to your coaching staff, find out what you're doing, hire some folks away. It's good for the program only in that standpoint that Marshall has been pretty good at finding guys that then move on to bigger programs. Now, you would hope that one day Marshall was at that level, at that high enough echelon where you could get good coaching candidates and they stay a lot longer. But I don't know if that's reality in today's football world that you get a coach that sticks around for a long time. It's not like the 90s. It's not like the good old days of football. Coaches move around a lot. Coaches get hired and fired every single year. But it's a good thing that Marshall isn't dumping coaches. Instead, Marshall's got to go find some guys now because they've got some coaches that were sought after and they're moving on to different programs. It's a good reflection upon Marshall. It really is. Speaking of the thundering herd, we're going to turn our attention a little bit to what I think is finally some good use for the Cam Henderson Center other than basketball. Now, you know, Marshall has several sports, including basketball, that make use of the Cam Henderson Center. And I've always wondered, ever since I was a youngster, and I knew the answer later on, but why is there a separate arena for the city of Huntington and then Marshall University? Why why did you get two subpar facilities? Well, years of, of living here, for the most part, you understand politics can't get the deal done. Could have had something combined with two of the you know, entities involved here, the city, the university. And I thought always that if you had one really good arena, you could have attracted more things to Huntington. Say, for example, the basketball tournament. You could have maybe made a really legitimate shot at getting that. The wrestling tournament, it's perfect for what's going on over at the Big Sandy Superstore Arena, and I hope that stays for a long time. They do a pretty good job. I think Pullman Square helped, and that's another thing. You look at Charleston. They've got the great convention center. They've made the renovations, the additions, and they've got some really nice convention space, and then they've got the arena. And I don't know what's going on with the retail side of things because you've got the mall that's up there, and it's not doing so hot. So maybe it's not a prime location as, as great as it has been refurbished and renovated and turned into a, a fantastic facility, something that the city of Charleston will definitely make use of. You know, here in Huntington, and not so good of a building, but you got Pullman Square, which is a great situation for people who maybe want to go shop, eat, entertain themselves if they're here for a prolonged visit. Come into Huntington, tough man over the weekend, of course. You've got your restaurant options and everything else attached to it. And I, I can see that grow. And Marshall is going to host the West Virginia High School cheerleading tournament. That's right. I thought that was really cool to hear that today because that's going to bring in a lot of people. Let me tell you, we're talking about parents and supporters. And it's going to be, it's not going to be one of those tournaments where it's just the teams and that's it. Oh, no, this will probably attract a lot of people, people who want to watch cheerleading, people who are attached to these uh, teams. I mean, there's a big support system that goes behind this. This is like a this is like a sports team in itself. And I don't mean that in that it's just cheerleading. I mean, no, they really have a great system going here 
the way cheerleading is handled, it's on the level of your basketball, just about of your football. It's a big deal for a lot of schools. And so that's a good get for the Thundering Herd. Marshall, of course, will be the host for this thing. And the plus side to that is you're going to introduce a lot of people to your campus. And if Marshall does this thing right, I don't know. I don't know what the turnover would be as far as being able to maybe get a student or two to come to the university, but it's a good use for the Henderson Center. It really is. you got the scoreboard now that's added some um, added some flair to that arena. It sort of spruced it up all by itself. Who would have thought a digital scoreboard, a video scoreboard, would spruce up the Henderson Center? Now, I got some issues with that thing still. I want to see it used a little differently. For example, I know you got to have your sponsors to pay for the thing, but the underneath, the round portion, the circle, put the score there. I would like to see the score overlay underneath there. And maybe you put the sponsors on the corners. I don't know. Not my scoreboard. But still, the arena, it's an it's a work in progress. I don't know when you're going to see a new basketball facility anytime soon in Marshall's campus plan or if you're going to see a new arena anytime soon, convention center, something that I'm sure that the city would like to have. But definitely need to be used a lot more. This is a good gift for the Thundering Herd. So congratulations, everyone, on that. Really, I like it when things like this come in. You, you bring in tournaments. You bring in people who normally don't come to your community. So I'm a big fan of this. It brings in a lot of revenue, and it shows off Marshall. It's a good gift for the Thundering Herd. Now, we got a lot more to get into, so we're going to do that when we come back. We'll talk about the coaching search that continues for the Cincinnati Bengals. Also, some baseball recruiting news today from Marshall. We'll get into that. John Mercer, Marshall Tennis, joins me. He's coming up about 5.30 on the program, so looking forward to talking to him. And, of course, we'll get your phone calls in. The Miller Lite phone line is open at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. we got more on the way. It's The Drive right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the January 9th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So to come, John Mercer joins me from Marshall Tennis. We'll talk about his team's upcoming match against UK. That's right. Something heard and the Kentucky Wildcats going at it in tennis. John can tell us a little bit more about that and the upcoming season coming up here in the next segment. And, of course, we'll get your phone calls in on the Miller Lite phone line at 877 877- 420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Now, the coaching search continues for a new Cincinnati Bengals head coach. Guess what? Almost all the teams have got their coaches now, except for the Bengals and a couple of others. That's right. Even the Cleveland Browns have got their man. And, by the way, they hired Fred Kitchens. Okay. All right. You know, not my first choice, but they seem to like him. So, carry on, Browns. Carry on. So, who's left on the board? Well, the Bengals are still looking at Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. I like that pick. I would go with that. There's also Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor. Again, I like that. I'm totally on board with that one. You've got former Buccaneers offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. All right, we could go with that as well. Rams passing game coordinator Shane Waldron. Maybe he's on the outside looking in on my list, but still, I'm good with that. Those are your... Your prime candidates. And according to some reports, 
And after all, we haven't heard much come out of the Bengals' camp, so to hear anything is either speculation or it's strategic. Either way, there's some word that somebody's going to get hired from outside the program. And that means you say no to a few guys who are on the short list. You know who's on the short list I don't want to have as a coach? Bill Lazor, your offensive coordinator for the Bengals. I don't want him as the head coach. Thank you, but no. Uh, Darren Simmons, your Bengals special teams coordinator. Thank you, Darren. Thank you for your interest in the job, but no, we don't want you. Also, who else is on the list? Well, you've got Hugh Jackson, your Bengals special assistant to head coach and failed head coach of the Cleveland Browns. No, let me say this one more time. No, if you're going to hire Hugh Jackson, you might as well kept Marvin Lewis. That's my feeling on that. And then the guy I really don't want, please do not hire Vance Joseph, your failed ex-head coach of the Broncos. Do not. Again, if you're going to hire a guy like Vance Joseph or Hugh Jackson, stick with Marvin Lewis because I think Marvin will get a job somewhere else and he'll be good. He'll elevate a program, and I don't know if he can push him over to the next level, but he'll definitely elevate a program because for everything that Marvin Lewis failed at, he did a lot of good things for the Cincinnati Bengals program. The problem was it just lingered on. It was time for him to move on. You know how a coach takes a program to the next level, and then that coach goes to another program, does it again, and maybe takes himself to a next-level opportunity, and so on and so on, and maybe finds that spot where he can win a championship. If you would have had that parting of the ways with Marvin Lewis and the Bengals at that opportunity, well, you know, you got things going in the right direction. It's just not working out. There's no post-game success. You know, I think it's time to go. You remember him a little bit better, right? I think you would remember Marvin Lewis a little fonder because there was just a point in time where the team needed a Marvin Lewis-type coach. And now, almost at square one. So I don't want anybody that's been in the program. I don't want anybody that's been on the team. I don't want anybody that has ties to Marvin Lewis. I want a fresh start. This, this is a big opportunity. This is your chance to hire the next head coach. You haven't done that for almost two decades. The next head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals and possibly make Cincinnati relevant. For a while, Cincinnati was relevant to a degree, but that has slipped. Get someone that comes in and excites the fan base, someone that brings in a fresh perspective, a new culture, a new way of doing things. Sometimes change is bad. Other times change is good. And I think change is good here. I don't know who's on my top list, though. I'm going to say that... um, it's going to be either Bienemy, Taylor, or Munkin. Those are my three. Maybe not in that order. Maybe in that order. I think Bienemy would come in, do great. I think Zach Taylor would come in, do great. And by the way, you need somebody to get you a good quarterback. Let me rephrase that. I don't want someone to go get me a good quarterback. I want someone to get me a great quarterback. If I'm a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, I want a great quarterback. Andy Dalton was proficient. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with A.J. Green. Andy Dalton was okay. He is not a top-tier quarterback. He's not a bottom-rung quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. And he's okay. And I know that's sort of damning to say that, hey, he's just okay. It's the truth. He's just okay as a quarterback. 
I know this was probably a better season for him before he got injured. For a while, you thought, okay, maybe they've got it. They've pushed it over, and then it falls apart. It fell apart. He gets injured. A.J. Green gets it. Oh, by the way, A.J. Green should not have been injured. You don't put him out there to get injured. You sit him down. Your season was not necessarily going anywhere. I'm looking for the what's best for my team. Do you rush A.J. Green to get out there and try to salvage the season, or do you preserve him? Well, Marvin was trying to salvage his season, so you take and bring out an A.J. Green, and he gets hurt. Andy Dalton gets hurt. There were so many players that are hurt. I don't think that that would have helped, though. I think the writing was on the wall. And so the Bengals missed the playoffs, and now we get to talk about a new head coach. Don't know which name I mentioned is going to be the guy just yet, but I'm telling you right now, if you're looking outside, you're going to win the fans back. That's important. You're going to win the fans back. This is the National Football League. This is a professional football team. This is a league in which these guys get paid really nice sums of money for our entertainment purposes And as fans, spending the excessive money that fans do, you want at least a good product out there. And this is Cincinnati's opportunity to bring a good product back to Cincinnati. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about the Marshall tennis team. We've got John Mercer joining us. I'm not talking Pittsburgh hockey with him. I'm not. I'm not going to talk Pittsburgh football. Well, you know what? I might talk Pittsburgh football with him because they're out of the playoffs. They're ne- they didn't even get in the playoffs. So, yeah, we're definitely going to talk Pittsburgh with him. Also, we'll talk Marshall Tennis with him as well on this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Can you believe we're just a few days away from the start of a few sports at Marshall, including tennis? Kind of hard to believe. And, of course, that means only one thing, once a week or at least uh, on a biweekly annual basis. I don't know. Uh, John Mercer, Marshall's tennis coach, joins us on the program. And usually we get to the tennis portion, but we're always talking trash about, well, okay, I'm talking trash about his Pittsburgh Steelers and sometimes his Pittsburgh Penguins. Um Penguins look okay. The uh, Steelers, not so much, Mr. Mercer. Yeah, they. Uh, that was not a good finish. So, uh, I don't know. There seemed to be a lot of uh, internal uh, issues going on there, apparently, uh, as we've all heard about. I mean, not only did you beat the Bengals, my team, and then you started as a fan base rooting for the Cleveland Browns, and I'm sure that made a lot of people throw up in their mouths. The Browns do what the Browns do. They do Brown things, and then the Ravens get in. And then the Steelers were hoping for a tie, and that never happened. So they're out. Right Now the Ravens right. are out. All in all, not a good uh, football football year for the North, AFC North. No, no, you know. It, it, yeah, it was very strange rooting for the Browns, that's for sure. And uh, Baker Mayfield. And he could have been a hero in Pittsburgh, but... You know, for some reason, all you need is about five yards. And you got four plays to do it, and just couldn't get it done. So he's back to being mud. <laughs> so, so basically, you're going to hear a lot of boos when he comes to Pittsburgh next year. <laughs> yeah. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So yeah. that going on. Yeah, he had his he had his chance. You know, he had his chance to go down in Pittsburgh infamy, and uh, he kind of blew it. So uh, he's not going to be very well liked. But that one that one out pass, right? 
So, what was it, second down, five-yard pass out, guys wide open? Hey, How I, do you miss them? I thought it was comical. I enjoyed it myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I probably threw something at the TV at that point. So, <laughs> Yeah, but you can afford to replace that. You you made John Mercer and Marshall tennis money. Oh, you can geez. afford that. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly how I looked at it. And uh, some other uh, business to talk about. We're not talking about the Penguins. Not going to do it. Uh, I'm still <laughs> I'm still getting over. They're the, rolling. Yeah, the beatdown they issued the Rangers the other day. With the Rangers, yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's not the only one they've uh, rolled over. So uh, they seem to be uh, seem to have got their act together. Got their lines a little more straightened out. So got Kessel and Broussard together, and uh, you know they got three pretty good lines going now. So things, things seem to be clicking. The young guys are coming around. So, uh, you know, looks like a good coaching job to me. So uh, sometimes it just takes a little while to get things together. All I know is that Brian Rust continues to score, and I get points on my fantasy hockey team. That's all I care about right now with the Penguins. Yeah, well, that's speed. Speed in the NHL right now, right? I love it. I do. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. You know what? We need to talk about the hockey. We should do a podcast. Everyone else is doing a podcast. We should do a <laughs> hockey podcast. Yeah, not talk about Marshall. No, we'll just talk hockey. Talk hockey, huh? We yeah, can... that would be good. I don't know. Hey, you think Huntington would support that? Yeah. No, it's a podcast. It's worldwide. We don't. They're going to listen to us in Huntington? <laughs> We're not. We're not worried about that. We're going worldwide. Uh, we're gonna go worldwide. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You can get anywhere anymore. Exactly. So it's, uh, Social yeah, media. So. It's a global platform. I keep getting told that by uh, by certain people. It's a global platform. We could we can yeah. make this happen. Yeah. It so, is nice though. I mean, it, you can follow sports all over. It is. So it's, it's, it's nice. So. We got business to attend to here. Uh, you're ramping up. You're getting ready for the uh, season, and you yep. start off. You're on the road. You're taking on Kentucky. Uh, I don't know who did the favor for you there with the scheduling, but if you're going to start your season off, might as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, they actually called us, uh, which was nice. They're like, "Hey, you want to go over and play?" I was like, "Sure, anytime." <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's you know, it's a good program. I think the rankings came out today. I think they're 27 in the country. So. Uh, Took a quick peek at them. So, you know, good team. I think it's great for uh, it's great for our team. We used to do that a lot where we kind of start out with them on the schedule. You know, they were a top 25 program. And, uh, you know, it's just good to kind of go in there, get a taste of it, uh, kind of see what it's like, uh, maybe toughen us up a little bit, uh, especially the newcomers, which we have a lot of. <laughs> So uh, this year we do, and uh, you know, it kind of gets everybody uh, back in the mindset of what we're trying to do. Let's talk about that journey. You last season did not have a Marshall Tennis John Mercer type of season, but then again, it felt like at times you only had maybe three players total who were yeah. physically available to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of a, a perfect storm situation. Uh, we hadn't had a losing program in, I think, uh, 22 years. So we had a pretty good run there going. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just it, we started the summer before where we, you know, had eight players, you know, which is what we'd normally carry. Uh, you need six to play. And uh, just one by one, it, it was always a different circumstance. There was something different happening. To, it, it wasn't the same. Uh, and we literally, yeah, a lot of times, I mean, we might've been putting four players on the court or five or, but a lot of times we were playing with two healthy ones. Uh, if you look, we actually, uh, even that being said, I mean, we, uh, I think 
17 of our 20 losses were against teams in the top 125, and we were competitive. I mean, we were losing a lot of matches 5-2 or 4-3, or and we just didn't have enough bodies out on the court, enough healthy bodies. So, you know, while the, the end result wasn't good, and the record doesn't look so great, uh, you know, the players that were there were, you know, giving a really good effort and being competitive, even at the conference tournament. I mean, we went there and won the double point against Florida Atlantic. Uh, you know, they were trying to the last day, you know, which I give them a lot of credit. And, uh, but sometimes you just, you don't have enough, enough firepower, enough body. So it just turned out to be, you know, one of those years, uh, you know, a bunch, uh, you know, graduated. So we literally going into this year, we only had one returning player. So we're literally walking out, uh, starting this year with, uh, uh, four freshmen and one sophomore and one junior, uh, who missed all last year because of personal reasons, missed all last spring. And, uh, she's back. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're kind of down. We're, we're young. We basically have four freshmen and two people with one year's experience. So, so this will be a good test for them. So we'll see how it goes. Have you very interesting. have you ever in your career had a situation where you had to rebuild a program on the fly and from scratch because of such crazy situations, injuries, and things that are pretty detrimental? Uh, there was one. I mean, one other year. There was one year. I remember. You remember Jessica Johnson and Ashley Crow? Yeah. She got to the finals of the NCAA. That team actually. Jessica came in as a sophomore transfer. Ashley started as a freshman. Uh, we actually had five newcomers that year, and that probably ended up being the best team we ever had by their senior year, <laughs> by Jessica's senior year. So you know, it kind of you know it, it can kind of be hard times at times, but sometimes it kind of gives you an opportunity to get uh, a bunch of the players together who are all kind of coming in at the same point, and you kind of get to build them all up together, and uh, you can end up with a pretty good team, you know, at, at the end. So, uh, but outside of that, no, I mean not to this extent, but. Uh, you know, it was it was a really good opportunity for uh, you know Jason uh, Winnegar, my assistant, and I. We you know obviously talked a lot during the season and kind of gave us a chance to just kind of revamp a lot of things that we were doing. Uh, you know, fitness wise, conditioning wise, you know, just looking at the whole thing again. And we kind of blew up the program and you know restructured it how we thought we need to do it in 2018 and 19. And uh, so we got a lot of you know new different things that we're trying, and uh, it's kind of fun, you know, from that standpoint, you know, just trying to stay current and up to date, maybe even on the cutting edge on a few things. So, uh, you know, it, it makes it makes it good. I think you know the the girls on the team right now. I think they're really you know they really enjoyed the fall and uh, had a good fall, you know, solid fall. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of room for improvement, and uh, yeah, they they should be good. They should you know is is. This year goes along, they'll get a lot better, you know, get that year's experience. And next year, uh, we'll be good. So we'll be we'll be good. Back to where we were. John Mercer joins us, Marshall University tennis coach on the Miller Light phone line and Thundering Herd starting off the season next week. It's gonna be Wednesday, eleven AM at Kentucky. It's sort of like you're going into the season as the new head coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd because you really didn't have anything left. You have one player you're starting all over again. So is that, in a sense, is that exciting for you that, okay, I do get to start fresh again. I get to revitalize what I'm doing, rethink it, not have maybe le- – yeah, you want you want consistency of program, but at the same time, you just had to blow it up because it sort of blew up in your face and it was not by any right. design. It was, this was something you no. did not yeah. plan on and you couldn't plan <laughs> on. 
You're right. No, you weren't planning on. It. I mean, you know, you just have, you know, we just had different issues with different players. Uh, you know, going you know back to last year. I mean, you had you know one with you know knee injury, one with a wrist injury, one you know <laughs> an ankle injury. You know, after four matches, you know, just I mean, it was just one thing after another. You know, one with personal issues, they had to go home. Uh, one who you know we couldn't get in the school. <laughs> you know, uh, it just you could just go on and on and on. So yeah, you don't really plan on that, especially all happening in one year. Uh, you know, kind of the danger in our sport. You know, I talked to a lot of my friends, you know, or coaches, and they're kind of like, you know. Uh, their take on it was, you know, obviously you've had a great program there for a long time and you've proven, you know, you can coach. Uh, but if you do it for that long, probably sooner or later, something like that's going to happen. Uh, you just, you know, like I said, it was just kind of a perfect storm of things, of events. Uh, could make a movie out of it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the opportunity it presents itself is uh, to kind of, you know, sit back and, you know, reevaluate it and decide, you know, where do you want to go from there and, you know, how do you want to change things. And uh, when you have one player returning, uh, you know, it really, you know, gives you an opportunity because the new players who came in don't know how the old, how we ran things before. So it, it just, it, it kind of gave you a chance to, to think things through and, you know, kind of. Uh, I don't know, modernize the program or, uh, you know, just try to stay current and, and really try to get ahead in some things. You know, I mean, that's that's where you kind of find, you know, a lot of your coaches, you know, who are successful, they're, they're more on the cutting edge of things. You know, they have new ideas, you know, bringing in new things and, uh, you know, trying to get ahead of the game. And I felt like, you know, that's something that we've done for a long time. And so, you know, it just kind of gave us a chance to do new things. And uh, so we'll see over the next couple of years, see how it works out. I think it'll work out great. So the danger in tennis is that you you really, you have eight scholarship players and you have to have six out on the court. You have to have six to play a match. And so you're never really that far away from a couple injuries here or something happens there and so on. And all of a sudden now, you know, you're either playing with walk-ons or, uh, you know, you don't have enough players to field an entire team. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, for instance, like basketball, you know, who, you know, women are carrying 14, men 13, and you need five players out on the court. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're that close. You're always that close to, you know, not being able to build an entire team. But that's just the way it works. And, and you see, you know, programs, sometimes they just have those type of years. I mean, I've always seen it. I've, you know, it's happened to other teams. We're not the first one that's happened to. Uh, but, um, you know, like I said, it just uh, kind of gives you a reset point. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. The players that all came in are super excited to play. They know the tradition here. And, uh, you know, that was one reason why they came. And, uh, you know, they want to have a good team. So, uh, you know, they've been working really hard. John Mercer joins us, Marshall University women's tennis coach on the Miller Lite phone lines. And who's going to play you in the movie since this is sort of a, uh, a, a made-for-movie, made-for-TV adventure? Um, who plays you, Brad Pitt? Who, who do you envision? <laughs> That's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't really thought it that far through. So we, we're going to have to, we'll see if we can turn it around here and get it going again before we start worrying about the movie. I'm just saying, you know, Brad Pitt, maybe uh, Johnny Depp, who, who who do you envision portraying? I'll, I'll let my wife, I'll let my wife pick that one. She okay. Can, she can pick who her co-star wants to be. Who plays Mike Hamrick in the movie? Do you know that one at least? Oh boy. I know. That'd be pretty tough. No. I don't know. Josh Brolin maybe. How about Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood. Okay. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Mike Hamrick, played by Clint Eastwood. All right, I can go with that. There you go. John Mercer is our guest. So um, <laughs> let's talk about Kentucky briefly before uh, we let you go. Uh, you're starting out uh, yeah. with them, and um, it's a nice little rivalry between uh, two schools that uh, really uh, don't play each other in much other sports. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've, uh, you know, they've been great. We've uh, probably played them a dozen times or so, you know, over the years. Uh, you know, they've come to Huntington a few times and played. Uh, we've picked up a couple wins, uh, which are good. They're always a top, you know, 40, 25 team. So, uh, you know, it gives us an opportunity, gives, uh, you know, the players on our team uh, opportunities to play highly ranked players. Uh, they always have some highly ranked players at the top. And, you know, if our players can pick up some wins, and then we can get in those rankings and, you know, get back to – you know, things that we used to talk about, like playing in the All-American and playing at NCAAs and so on. So you want to have these teams on the schedule, uh, you know, if you can. And, uh, you know, because that's what, that what gives your players opportunity to, to, to play in the in the big shows, the big dance. So that's what we're trying to do. John Mercer, our guest. Good luck next week. Uh, we'll talk to you a little bit uh, more uh, now that the, we're back in season. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk hockey, too. I, I don't know. You're um... Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a lot better than yeah, I am right uh, now. Yeah. Well, they're fun to watch. Crosby's unbelievable. So he's still he's still the glue. So uh, it's amazing. You see him out on the ice. I mean, it's just it's it's just like a completely different level. So uh, people can have their opinion of what they want, but I mean, just I mean, it's amazing how when you see them in person, uh, just how talented and how athletic and the speed is just incredible. So, but yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Paul. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, hopefully have a good showing this this coming week. Get some good experience and uh, look forward. We play at home uh, January 26th. All right. So we have five home dates in a row after this one. Yeah. So uh, starting out with Wright State and ending with Louisville. So uh, you know, people can make it out out at the Huntington Tennis Club. They can check the website and uh, you know see where see when we're at home. We'll get the word out. Thanks, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Paul. Go hard. John Mercer on the Miller Lite phone line, Marshall University tennis coach, getting set for UK next week. We'll come back and wrap it up here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the January 9th edition. The drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Baseball news today coming out of Marshall. 2019 recruiting class was announced and they picked up a few kids. Of course, you can see the full list online over at the Marshall website. But uh, one name we do want to mention because he's a local product getting to go to Marshall and play baseball is Cody Sharp from Canova. Six foot one. He's a lefty, senior left-handed pitcher at Spring Valley High School. Second team All MSAC as a junior in 2018. So he's getting to stay close to home. So I'm sure a lot of folks from Canova and the Cerrito area will come out and support him. And now you can actually, you can actually go support the Thundering Herd baseball team. They're going to be a lot closer to home as eventually there's going to be a baseball park on campus or at least right next to campus. That's a great opportunity for him. And, of course, I'm sure it helps that you get to stay close to home. Your your parents get to come see you play, your friends and your family. Sometimes that is what sells a kid. Stay local. Other times, kid wants to just get out. But Thundering Herd picked up several players today. Picked up Jordan Billups from Texas, Nick Jodway from North Carolina, John Cheatwood from California, uh, also picking up, as we mentioned, uh, Cody Sharp from Canova, West Virginia. Brady Garrison from Kansas. Got a kid from Kansas. 
And then you've got Jeff Purnell coming in from Florence, Kentucky. He is a kid who, a sophomore right-handed pitcher at John Logan Junior College, third-team All-State honoree as a high school senior in Kentucky. A perfect game, top 500 selection as a senior. So the needs are filled, according to Coach Wagner. They're going to get to play a little closer to home. Maybe this is where it turns around for Marshall baseball. Not only will they be competitive, but actually win a few more series because, well, it's going to be better for them. I mean, that's the thing. This has been the program that has, uh, I think, suffered the most, not because someone wanted to make them suffer, it's just having to have your facility elsewhere, not on campus. And you were at the mercy of everyone else. Now you get your own place, and you're working towards getting a uh, show place for baseball. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. Back tomorrow for another edition. Uh, we're going to have the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee, join me tomorrow as we'll preview Marshall and Western Kentucky. The first of potential four matchups between Marshall and Western Kentucky. It, you're going to see four. They're going to play three times. They're going to play the two games are scheduled, the third game in the pod. They're going to play in a Conference USA Championship tournament somewhere in there. They're going to play four. And every game is going to be good. That's going to do it. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington. W227BS Huntington. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.